April 16th choir concert at Emory and Henry College will use vocal music to draw attention to addiction in Southwest Virginia. Three choirs under the direction of Natalie Schaefer will perform music selected for a concert entitled Addiction in Appalachia, Darkest Before the Dawn. Schaefer has devoted much of her career to using music as a source of both healing and awareness. Her choir members are enthusiastic about using their vocal skills to help tell a story of both addiction and hope and to be a part of a new era of using the arts at Emory & Henry in service to social justice and to improving the lives of people in the region. Natalie Schaefer joins me in the studio to talk about the upcoming concert, which begins at 3 p.m. on April 16th at the McLaughlin Center for the Arts on the campus of Emory & Henry College. Welcome to the show, Natalie. Hi, thanks, Dirk. What made you think that Emory and Henry College was a good fit for this type of a performance? Um, after moving to the area in August, I've seen signs for some treatment centers uh, discussing Suboxone and other alternative drugs, methadone, um, and I've seen some signs and gotten to know some of the people working hard to bring the Minded Women's Center into being. So it seemed uh, like a topic that was just as necessary to shed light on and I think get a more accurate and realistic narrative around. Um, Addiction is something that follows the Appalachian Mountains up and down for a variety of reasons that we could or could not get into, but it seemed that there were some signs, literal signs in the community, but I don't hear a lot of people talking about it. I don't hear a ton about it on campus. Um, And so I just want it to be something that people aren't ashamed to talk about or discuss or ask for help with, whether it's for themselves or for a loved one. And we also have the brilliant opportunity to bring Beth Macy to campus this summer, the author of Dope Sick and Now Lazarus Rising. So the investigative kind of backstory work she's done to help people understand how things kind of the, the flames were definitely fanned um, mm-hmm. by outside mm-hmm. interests. Uh, and I think having her here is going to open up a possibility mm-hmm. of discussion. So I really wanted to already have something musical and artistic planned to complement that. And how does music help to extend that message of addiction awareness and the message perhaps that Beth Macy is bringing to the public through her book? I think music, all kinds of music, have talked about it specifically, um, whether it looks like alcoholism or addiction. And then music, most of what I've picked, may not necessarily be speaking about addiction, but it speaks about parts of the cycle of addiction, of recovery, of community, of um, the kind of emotional emptiness that can accompany that disease. And I think we know popular music examples, country music examples, rock examples that talk about these kind of things, but it's kind of different in an art music Mm -hmm. context to really highlight the human element of what that cycle is like. How often have you used music to highlight problems like this, and how frequently is this done by other choirs? I have done um, two other concerts. I had worked with a choir of people experiencing houselessness in West Virginia, which turned into a recovery choir because many of them dealt with addiction issues themselves or Mm -hmm. their loved ones, direct loved ones. So we would have performances, but they were not um, large-scale performances. They were like for fine arts nights in downtown Morgantown and kind of a lower key. On a larger scale, I've done some work 
um, with houselessness and with LGBTQ rights. Uh, we did a performance of Matthew Shepard that I had a lot to do with bringing the community in. Um, but I don't think it's something that's done a ton because it's emotionally taxing in some ways for the audience and for the performers. So we're not just going to sing about a topic like addiction without hearing some stories, without learning about our community, without discussing what students are comfortable sharing about their own lives um, mm -hmm. as we go through, excuse me, as we go through that process. So it's not done all the time, but when I've seen it done or been a part of it, it seems to really stick with people and mm -hmm. foster a lot of communication and conversation. Have you had any of your performers express any apprehension about providing music around this topic? So far, no. We have not. We're just getting to the part of the semester where we're going to start talking more personally. They've asked me a lot of questions, um, and they've asked me why some people would be worried about engaging with this kind of subject matter. So I think that's an interesting question that mm -hmm. I hadn't anticipated, mm -hmm. and I had to take a second in class to think, well, I guess people would be hesitant because there's a very large stigma that this is a moral failing. This is a bad, you know, bad people do drugs and are addicted to drugs. Um, so I think that was interesting for me to remember. Some people don't even have that connotation that a lot of society does have. Um, so we're, we're just starting to mm -hmm. get into the personal conversations between group members about it. And how have audiences typically reacted to the subject matter? And what do you expect perhaps from this audience? So many people have come up to me afterwards and shared that you know their son struggles with a certain drug or that they lost their father to alcoholism or there seems to be this common thread and whatever emotions are stirred up during the process something is relatable mm -hmm. to nearly everyone in the audience i've as people exit i've just had so many stories mm -hmm. um, and then also a lot of questions about you know i wish i would have known about naranon or alanon or i wish that i would have been in a church that was more um that had more resources for me or things like that and it offers opportunity to to give those connections in the community and because I'm still new to this community, I wanted to make sure that I'm bringing in other people and organizations and resources that know exactly what's here. Um, and I, I hope it will be the same. I hope it will allow audience goers a chance to reflect on what they think about addiction, any personal experiences that maybe they've just kind of pushed aside. Um, and also find the joy in it because we don't stop at just the addiction part. Like addiction is a cycle of relapse and recovery. And the average time, um, it's an average of seven times of someone trying to get clean before they successfully get clean in the United States. Mm -hmm. So just providing that space that it's okay, you don't have to get it right all at once. You know, it is a scary thing, mm -hmm. but it's something you can talk about. Other people are dealing with it, whether they're talking about it out loud or not, or outside mm -hmm. of their family home or not. So I hope that the audience leaves with questions for me or the organization mm -hmm. with some kindness and grace and patience in their heart for anyone struggling with addiction and an understanding that it is a disease and not a moral failing. What are some of the songs on the program and how do they tell this story? So I'm going pretty full circle. Um, I have the concert choir and the chamber group largely talking about the addiction part of the cycle. We have a cover of Florence and the Machines song, um, 
and that's where the title comes from, Darkest Before the Dawn. The name of the song is Shake It Out, so that'll mm. be a treble voice feature. We have a modern setting of Dies Irae, The Day of Wrath, by John Michael Trota that our chamber singers are loving singing. Um, I'm pairing that with a really beautiful Brahms piece called Sein Sucht, which is about longing, that feeling of waking up in the morning and longing for something. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got Craig Hella Johnson's arrangement of Light of a Clear Blue Morning, Dolly Parton's, mm-hmm. uh, kind of mm-hmm. you finally wake up and it's, you're finally in the good place and it's finally not you know, the trenches that are making you want to turn your life around. There's something hopeful. Um, We have a piece called Daemon by a 20th century composer from, oh, this is bad, somewhere in the Eastern European (laughs) area. And it is, it sounds like an addiction demon chasing you. It's Uh very frantic. It's very staccato. It's very dissonant. Um, And they're having a great time learning that song as well. And then the community choir is kind of the recovery part of the cycle. Uh Um, Faith becomes a huge element of successful recovery for a lot of people. So we're doing Paul Basler's song cycle, Songs of Faith. Mm -hmm. Um, And he is an American composer who worked in Kenya for a long time. So you hear an American influence, a Kenyan influence in his polyrhythms and the way he layers phrases. And that's a five-song cycle in arc form with an alleluia in the center that is the most demanding piece um, of the set and the most rhythmically difficult. And you'll hear some familiar settings of um, Psalm 150, Psalm 32, and then I'll have to tell you the name of the other two because <laughs> they're gone. They're traditional hymns. Well, it's a repertoire that seems to, to present a lot of hopefulness to mm-hmm. it. Is that intended, or are you trying to also kind of tell sort of a story or relate sort of the stages of addiction and recovery? Yeah, the stages of addiction of addiction and recovery, and also the process for all the humans that are involved. Mm-hmm. I've personally not had an addiction issue myself, but I've loved people who have. Mm-hmm. And learning how to support them without you know, enabling them and how to be present in their lives in a way that's healthy and safe for both of us. Mm -hmm. That's hopeful to be Mm -hmm. able to have a conversation with someone that wouldn't pick up the phone from you, you know, two months ago. That's I think there's hope in that. There's hope that there are more resources. There's more knowledge. You can always try again, Um, whether it's in relation or if whether you're trying to get clean yourself, you can try again. So there is some darkness at the beginning, and I think that's necessary. Daemon's pretty dark. The mm-hmm. Dies Irae is very dark. Um, and Seinzucht is Brahms from the middle of his compositional period. So the harmonic texture is thick. There's extended chromaticism. There's these chords that just don't make sense. But there's beauty in it, too. Mm-hmm. And so I think that mess and confusion, but still having beauty in it, mm-hmm. speaks like very much parallels what addiction is like. The Mended Women Lifestyle Recovery is a center in Abingdon that seeks to help women coming out of the correctional system, most of whom, the vast majority of whom, deal with addiction and substance abuse. Talk about them and how this concert is supportive of their work. Um, So I got to speak with two uh, of the people pushing hard to bring this center into being, and I was really impressed with their Uh, passion and their just optimistic hope that they would be able to make this happen. So um, they're fundraising this year, and we want to be a part of that. We want to help the community know this is going to be a wonderful resource. There's a sober living house for men. There are two in the area, but not one for women. 
And as we know, families tend to center around women. A lot of these women have children or other loved ones that are depending on them in some way to get better. And we want to help be a part of that. So the Mended Women's Center will have a table there with information. They'll have some information about how you can donate if this is something in your community you would like to support financially. Um, we'll have some stories and some poems and some sharings from women involved with this or who will take advantage of the services. So we'll kind of get both sides. I'm a fan of collaborative social justice. So I think the person who has the most to lose, their voice has to be heard. Mm -hmm. I also think the way that those voices get to be heard are the people in the power structure speaking first, creating the space and then stepping out. So we'll have a little bit of all of that happening at the concert. We'll have chunks of um, Dope Sick and Lazarus Rising, chunks of text projected that go along with songs as well or go along with some of the readings people are sharing. So I think if you know nothing about the Mended Women's Center and you come to the concert, I think you'll feel leaving like you know enough to share with your family or your colleagues about this new building and the hope that it can bring the community here. Natalie Schaefer is the director of choirs at Emory Henry College, and she is looking forward to the concert choir performance, the performance of the concert choir at Emory Henry, the chamber choir at Emory Henry, and the community choir on April 16th, beginning at 3 p.m. And the concert is entitled Addiction in Appalachia, Darkest Before the Dawn. Natalie, we need to go to a break, but when we come back, I want to pick up on the subject about the relationship between art and service, art and social justice, and what your thoughts are on that. You are listening to Together to Get There, the show dedicated to economic and community development in Southwest Virginia. I am your host, Dirk Moore, and you are listening to WEHC 90.7 and WISE 90.5, the voice of Southwest Virginia. fundraising week at WEHC and WISE and if you make a gift this week we will enter your name into a drawing for a series of wonderful prizes so we encourage you to give not only for the chance to win a prize but also to support WEHC and WISE and we hope you will help with a pledge by calling 276-944-6593 or by going online to www.wehcfm.com and select Make a Gift. Your support helps keep WEHC on the air by providing support for engineering, programming, licensing, and streaming, among other expenses. Our signal expansion to WISE is costing us nearly $25,000 in equipment, licensing, and engineering. This is a one-time expense and greatly increases our ability to connect with our region. Your support also helps WEHC provide a valuable learning environment to Emory & Henry College students who work at the station in a variety of professional roles. We hope to see them continue to take on a greater role at the station and we are excited about the possibility of having you, our listeners, support the education and futures of our students. In addition, if you are able, please consider a major donation to WEHC and WISE. Major gifts help ensure a lasting commitment to unique radio programming that brings the people of Southwest Virginia together in an appreciation of our people and our place. 
So please take a moment to donate to this radio station. Our phone number is 276-944-6593 or go online to www.wehcfm.com and select Make a Gift. That online information again is www.wehcfm.com and select Make a Gift. Welcome back to Together to Get There. Today I am speaking with Natalie Shaver. She is the director of choirs at Emory Henry College, and we are talking about the upcoming choir concert, which will be Sunday, April 16th at 3 p.m. It is entitled Addiction in Appalachia, Darkest Before the Dawn. The concert is dedicated to raising awareness about addiction in this region and to support the Mended Women Lifestyle Recovery Center, which is in Abingdon, Virginia. Natalie, we were talking about some of the music that you will be presenting, and I think a lot of people who will be going to this particular concert and who are used to the Emory Henry Concert Choir are not familiar with these kinds of topics being so centralized in your work and what do you want to say particularly to that group of audience members so i think what i've read about the concert choir um, they loved coming together and singing they loved finding that strand that connected all of them um, and they love performing and i think that's all still happening right so they they love each other i just left rehearsal and they were laughing and cracking up and they love performing um, but i think especially with the modern college student, there is a desire to do more, for music to be more than just entertaining. Um, They're involved in student government organizations, they're reading the news, they're engaging in different discussions in their classes in various academic focus points, and I think they're ready to do more. And I think we as a community saw what we could do for each other during COVID, for example. There was some larger than us help, but largely it was neighbor checking on neighbor, family member checking on family member, you know, Zoom calls to not lose any, mm-hmm. all hope, right, um, mm-hmm. of connection and togetherness. And uh, that's that's what we're doing. The community choir is still here to be fun. It's still here to foster great relationships at Emory and Henry between the students. But it's also to reach a little further. Many of those students will stay in this community. There are issues in every community. One of the ones here just happens to be addiction. So what better way to help grow young leaders and grow young business owners and grow young minds to be ready to go out and be a great welcoming, helpful member of their community than engage with some difficult topics. And um, I think the audience will see the passion that they're coming to as they get more of an awareness of what addiction can look like in real life, what functional addiction looks like. Um, And it's not, I don't think it will be an experience that beats you over the head with harshness or ugliness or difficult things. I think it will be much more realistic to the true narrative of what addiction looks like today. And it's interesting, you're not the only one currently who's looking at 
music as a way of helping raise awareness about social justice mm-hmm. issues. Tell me a little bit about the Path to Dignity, which I think is a concerto performance that's managed through the Symphony of the Mountains. Is that correct? Tell me a little bit about your engagement with that. Sure. So again, being new to the area, I'm still getting to know people. And uh, their director of Symphony of the Mountains reached out and asked if I would like to have lunch because she had read my bio on the Emory and Henry website. And she also believes that music can inspire. That is Cornelia oh, Lindley yes. Orth, by the way. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and Cornelia was gracious and very excited to talk about her passion um, to make sure that everyone in the community, whether you're experiencing houselessness or not, and anyone in between is still moved by music, can still feel fulfilled and and awakened in different ways by experiencing music in different capacities. So they have commissioned a violin concerto called Path to Dignity, which will be performed April 1st. And leading up to that, from the end of February all through March, Um, She has organized drop-ins basically at local shelters and local food banks for musicians from Symphony of the Mountains to go maybe a string quartet or something and play some music while people are eating. Many of those locations offer meals to anyone that's hungry in the middle of the day. A lot of those people happen to be experiencing houselessness, but not necessarily all of them. Um, So she invited the choirs from Emory and Henry to take hold of one of those days. So we will be going on Wednesday. Um, the 21st, 22nd, I don't know, this Wednesday, (laughs) Um, we're going to the Salvation Army in Bristol, and I'm excited to be taking all the students from both the concert and chamber groups, and we'll be singing with some of our neighbors, having some conversation, and um, just getting out into the community. We're going to invite them to sing the last song with us. We're going to do a little Bill Withers, Lean on Me, um, to, to close our little set there. Well, then I want to know, how far will you go with this type of performance in the future? And also, how far do you think we should go as a region in using arts as a way of expressing uh, a perspective on these needs? I think art, especially music, because that's where I'm, you know, my study has focused. I'm a musicologist as well. And society is reflected in music music reflects society and it's this cycle that just always continues so for some people music is going to be what speaks to them to some people it may be a really beautiful painting um, or a really hard painting Mm -hmm. to some people it may be a play that the theater department here chooses Mm -hmm. to put up and the topics discussed within that or a dance piece right so i think there's so much opportunity to get into these discussions or at least interact with these subjects in a way that's not that you don't feel put on the spot because i know a lot of us were raised like you don't talk about religion and politics Mm -hmm. right and Mm -hmm. and for some people they don't feel that way anymore um but some people that is still very uncomfortable so Mm -hmm. if we use art and music and things that have just always been a part of music and human nature if we use those to explore these topics, it feels safe. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some distance still provided. Yeah, you yeah. can engage as much as you want or yeah. not. Um, and I think that continuing to use music and art, dance, whatever it may be. Well, that is what has struck me about it is you're having the chance to engage in the subject without having to worry about a debate. Mm-hmm. You can consume this information mm-hmm. through art in a way that is 
accessible to you and comfortable for you, but at the same time, you don't necessarily have to act on it, but the option is there for you to understand it and use it in the way that you feel is appropriate, while at the same time enjoying wonderful performance. Yeah, yeah. So if all you are willing to do is come hear the music, that's you can come hear the music. Mm-hmm. If you want to engage individually in your chair and that's it, that's also fine. If you want to go forth and get involved with the Men and Women's Center, there's information for that too. But I think it just takes that pressure element out and it also takes out the I have to be right or I have to know everything before I can have an opinion on something, That all of that stuff. Like, let's just engage with it a little bit and see what happens. Well, and to focus a little bit more on you, this is something that you're very passionate about, I think, not just through music, but you've actually written about it. You're being published in a chapter of a book Mm -hmm. about art and substance abuse. Is Mm -hmm. that the cause? Talk a little bit about what you've written there and, uh, and what it means to you to be able to express your passion for this topic through the written word. Um, my book chapter, I was lucky to be a part of an anthology. Every chapter is submitted by a different author, and the editor submitted a chapter, and it was his idea. The book is meant to explore the intersection of um, opioids and Appalachian culture. So there's a chapter from a dance teacher who helps people going actively going through recovery right at the beginning, through withdrawal and through all that stuff to dance through the pain. Um, there are chapters submitted by people who are recovered addicts and they identify themselves as that, that are singer-songwriters. So every chapter is really quite different. My chapter is about the Voices of Hope, which is a recovery community choir that was founded in Morgantown, West Virginia, and talking about that process of finding community um, in this group. We would meet once a week and it gave people a chance to re-identify themselves in a group in roles that maybe they would never take on outside of the group, right? Mm -hmm. Someone that feels comfortable being the person that gets the books out every week or sets up the keyboard or helps people find a comfortable chair if it's their first time coming to Mm -hmm. the group, step into these mini leadership roles, Um, And really, the choir was a means of harm reduction. It was sponsored by a free clinic um, in Morgantown because their view was anytime someone is not actively using, that's harm reduction. Mm -hmm. So for an hour every Tuesday, Mm -hmm. um, that's what we did in the mornings. And it was so unexpected and not something I'd planned on doing at all. The opportunity arose. Someone asked me if I would be interested in it. I said, sure, let's give it a shot. And it came to be... Uh, seven years of my life when I was there and um, watching what just coming together and singing because I think my whole shtick is collaborative social justice through music making Mm -hmm. through choral Mm -hmm. musicking Mm -hmm. and that looks different for my students here Mm -hmm. as it did for those members of that group um, Mm -hmm. because the music is functioning differently here it's starting a conversation there it was a unifying practice it was a sense of community they got to suggest songs they might want to sing I would arrange them we would work them out and we would actively go out into the community and perform at low stakes Mm -hmm. events fine Mm -hmm. arts night go to a city council meeting when they're trying to buy some benches that have anti-homeless architectural elements to them you know things like that just trying again to shine the light on what the actual narrative is Mm -hmm. um, around a subject that's difficult in a community and so I was thrilled to provide a chapter about that it also discusses that Appalachian thing that some of us are told of like you got to get out if you want to be successful and you got to get out fast before it sucks you in and kind of how not true that narrative is also right Mm -hmm. but um 
So, yeah, that it's all kind of paralleled in that chapter, along with some other authors of the other chapters that are brilliant and doing great work of their own in different ways. Well, speaking of brilliant and doing great work, <laughs> I think I'm talking to somebody who reflects that. And I have a million more questions, but I don't have any more time, Natalie. But let's get together and talk about this some more. I really want to talk a lot more about how you plan to use music in the area of therapy and harm reduction and so forth. I think that is a whole other discussion that we can have, and hopefully that's something else you want to pursue. But thank you for being with me today. Thanks. Thanks for having me, and I'm always excited to talk about this stuff. Yeah. yeah, and I'm anxious and excited always to listen to it. I've been talking today with Natalie Schaefer. She is the director of choirs at Emory Henry College, and she is preparing for an April 16th choir performance that begins at 3 p.m. in the Kennedy Reedy Theater of the McLaughlin Center for the Arts on the campus of Emory Henry College. And that is a choir that involves the Emory Henry Concert Choir, the Emory Henry Chamber Choir, and a community choir. And they will be dealing with the subject of addiction through their repertoire. The, the concert is entitled Addiction in Appalachia, Darkest Before the Dawn, and I hope and encourage everyone to attend that. You have been listening to Together Together, the show dedicated to economic and community development in Southwest Virginia. I am your host, Dirk Moore, and you have been listening to WEHC 90.7 and WISE 90.5, the voice of Southwest Virginia. Thank you for listening.